Meet the celebrities on your radio station. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry and ElisaIlana.com. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, she started her career off by writing hits for Miranda Lambert, the band Perry, Reba McIntyre, and Casey Musgraves. Then, Brandi Clark released an album herself, 12 Stories. Now, this album has received much critical acclaim and two recent Grammy nominations, Best New Artist and Best Country Album. Now, Brandy is here to tell you all about the music, the songwriting, and possibly the new direction of country music. She's not the girl in the pickup truck. Shooting arrows, and she's gonna hit the mark, kicking it with Brandy Clark. Welcome to the show, Brandy. Oh, thank you. Great to be here. Oh, thank well, you. first of all, congratulations on the recent Grammy nods and the success you're having. It's pretty awesome. Uh, it's mind-blowing. I kind of have to pinch myself every now and then, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm awake. That's not all a dream. <laughs> this is real. So where were you when you found out? Well, the first nomination I found out about, it was kind of a great way to find out. I had forgotten about the Grammy nominations coming out, and you always are hopeful about those things, Yes. but you don't want to get too excited, and, and you always tell yourself the night before, you know what, if I don't get nominated, I'm the same artist I was. Right. I'm you just know. as talented. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't make or break me. Until you get nominated, and then it's like, this shows that I'm great. Right. So my manager had called me earlier in the week and said, I think you're going to get some Grammy nominations. And I said, oh, wow. I said, I hope. I mean, that would be great. Then it was on my radar, like, oh, wow, that's coming out this week. So that morning, I was Grammy nominated the year before for Song of the Year. Okay. And yes. didn't find that out until, like, I was in New York. Found it out at, like, 10 o'clock at night. Okay. So I wasn't expecting it in the morning. So I'm at the Nashville airport getting ready to get on a flight to Albuquerque. And my publicist texts me a picture of the Best Country Album category. And there's 12 stories straight in the middle of it. And I started shaking and had a really hard time not crying right there in the airport. In the airport. Yeah. So uh, the guy who produced that record, Dave Brainerd, was with me. And so we got to celebrate that, share that together. That was nice. Yes. And then the band, of course, we were on our way to do a gig. So they were all excited. So I thought that was it. Uh-huh. You know, and I was like, oh, man, I'm so glad that happened early in the day. Yeah. And now I don't have all day to wait. Right. And so we were flying to Albuquerque. We have a layover in Dallas. And so I land in Dallas, and I turn on my phone, and I have 90 text messages. Oh. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, this is so awesome. People are congratulating me about that. One of the top ones was from one of my best friends and co-writers, Jesse Joe Dillon. And it, it caught my eye because it was all caps. and had a lot of cuss words in it and uh, so I clicked on that and in it she basically said between a bunch of expletives you've been nominated for best new artist overall genre yeah and I thought no she's confused I really didn't believe it I just thought no that's not right and she's confused you know and so then I click on a text message from my publicist and sure enough it was the truth so you knew it was real then yeah and that one you know it took a while for that to sink in for me yeah both of them. I mean, I wanted that country album one so bad. If I could have chosen any nomination, that would have been it. Because uh-huh. 12 Stories has gotten a lot of critical acclaim, and a lot of people have heard it, but in my opinion, not near enough. And mm-hmm. so right. I knew that if something like a Grammy nomination happened for it, it would breathe new life bigger. into it. Yeah, exactly. Now, you're kind of known as a tell-it-like-it-is songwriter. So talk mm-hmm. about becoming a songwriter, how you developed your unique songwriting voice. 
you know, I was like every songwriter just trying to write hits for a long time. Okay. And, and, you know, when you're in that, you're oftentimes you're trying to write songs like the people who are having hits. Right. The current hits. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that never really worked for me. When I started to really break through as a writer, one, I became surrounded by a bunch of writers who believed in my talents and, okay. support, and supported my talents. That was huge. And that's so important, though, to feel validated. Oh, yeah. And then I think what it really was for me was I started to think, okay, I'm writing songs to impress other songwriters. That's not how I need to do this. I need to write a song that if the girl who's the bank teller at Regions Bank were to write a song, that's what she would write. Mm -hmm. And that's really when a lot of things clicked for me and the world sort of opened up. You're hearing from country songwriter and artist Brandi Clark. Now, last year she was nominated for a Grammy as a songwriter of Miranda Lambert's hit, Mama's Broken Heart. And this year she's nominated for two Grammys, one for her own album, Best Country Album, and one for Best New Artist of All Genres. We're talking songwriting here on the Mulberry Lane Show. You mentioned when you started writing how a common person would write rather than you know writing to impress other songwriters. That made a huge difference. But you would also have to find the place where that truth was for you, too. Yeah, you know, I think I have a good... I've been told by a lot of people that I have a large amount of empathy that I can yes. really empathize with okay. other people's story and quiet. And, and um, you know, every song I write, there's some sort of truth in it. Yeah, okay. It might not be my truth, but it's it's somebody, it's, it's a friend, it's a story I saw on TV. And, you know, I also write songs like... You know, I think, you know, life takes a lot of different paths, and, and I'll, I'll think about other paths that my life could have taken, okay. and I'll write songs from that point of view. Okay. Like, oh, wow, you know, what if I would have married my high school sweetheart? Yeah. You know, where would we live, and what would that look like? And, you know, I, I mean, I go down all those roads. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, from an outside perspective, you know, you were a successful songwriter before you put your own album out, so it seems like that would be beneficial but from your perspective was it more difficult like putting out your own album after you've had success as a songwriter was there more pressure for it you know the crazy thing is when i made that album i hadn't had success as a songwriter okay so you had no outside pressure on you no from that perspective no um the only thing that did happen was as i was making that record i started to get a lot of songs recorded as a writer and so people started wanting to record songs off of the record and i had to make the decision to not let them do that oh gotcha Um, you wanted to keep it for yourself for your own album yeah okay and i believed in me enough and and and, you know i was fortunate in that all the co-writers on that project believed in me enough to hold those songs okay because everybody would have to agree to give them away or to keep them for you yeah writers okay so now your voice has also been praised as well. So who influenced you vocally? Well, I mean, I loved Patsy Cline. I think when I was nine, the movie Sweet Dreams came out. Okay. And uh, I just was hooked on her music. And so I loved that. And then, you know, my mom listened to country music and to a lot of show tunes. But she listened to people like Linda Ronstadt, too, that weren't necessarily, today would definitely be country, but at the time were rock and roll. Yes. I loved Patty Loveless. Okay. And I wanted to sing just like her. Mm-hmm. Most of it was what my mom brought in the house. You know, Mary Chapin Carpenter, Trisha Yearwood. The females of the 90s country. Yes, um, and they were strong females. Oh, that yeah. was a huge influence to me. I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day just about how many great females there were in that time. Mm-hmm. The Judds. I loved the Judds. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
and then you know what my influences weren't all female I mean one of my favorite singers of all time of any genre is George Strait okay. and um, Merle Haggard now did you sing with your mom at one point in a band I did we had a band okay. it was another friend of mine and I can't sing harmony and I think that's because my mom could sing harmony so well. So she would just, as a kid, she would just get me to sing the melody. And she would harmonize. Yeah, she would do the harmony. Okay. <laughs> You're getting the scoop on rising country star Brandy Clark here on the Mulberry Lane Show. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more stories behind the scenes with Brandy Clark. You were lying there with nothing on but a goofy little grin and a platinum blonde. I can't believe you do that on a bed. I got a bullet and a pissed off finger Just itching to pull it The only thing keeping me from losing my head Cause I hate stripes And orange ain't my color And if I squeeze that trigger tonight I'll be wearing one or the other There's no crime of fashion worth a crime of fashion The only thing saving your life Is that I don't look good in orange and I hate stripes 